Hello and welcome to this episode of Macro Sutra. I'm TCA Sharad Raghavan, Deputy Editor at The Print. And this time we're going to be talking about the surprisingly good GDP numbers that just came out. But before we start, I have an appeal to make before you, which is it's due to your subscriptions that The Print can do the work that we've been doing, the ground reports that we do. We bring you news from around the country that nobody else does. And subscribing to the print also gives you certain advantages, such as the webinars that we do, which are exclusively for our members. We bring on experts and we talk about the news of the day. You can write in to us for in our your turn section where we publish your comments as a full article. And you get access to our curated newsletters that our editors send directly to your mailboxes. So please do subscribe. The link is in the bio and the description of this video. Thank you so much. And now let's get on with it. We have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at NIPFP to explain the GDP numbers to us. Looking at the overall number, how did we do in Q2 compared to Q1 and also Q2 of last year? So uh, if we look at the Q2 numbers, the GDP showed a growth of 7.6%. Mm -hmm. So uh, and this is a slight moderation from the GDP growth that we saw in the first quarter, that is April to June of this right. year. Uh, GDP registered a growth of 7. 8% in the previous quarter. Right. So uh, there was an expectation that GDP will moderate from the first quarter. But mm -hmm. this was a, a, a an upside surprise because if you look at the expectation, the projections made, uh, there was this expectation that GDP will range somewhere between 6.8 and 7%. And uh, the RBI had also said 6.5. 6.5. RBI right. was 6.5. But uh, the later projections that, uh, that were made after the uh, high frequency indicators came mm. out for urban consumption or for industry, it showed that, you know, there would be an upside uh, surprise to GDP. Right. But this was, uh, it beat all expectations and uh, by a wide margin and right. uh, GDP growth uh, came in at 7.6%. Uh, and if we compare it with the corresponding quarter of last year, mm -hmm. that is Q2 of uh, uh, FY23, GDP growth uh, was 6.2% in the okay. uh, 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 corresponding quarter of last year. Right. So now you, uh, we know that this data overall was a pleasant surprise, an upside yes. surprise. But were there particular sectors here that were particularly surprising? The most important sector or the noteworthy growth that we saw in this GDP numbers was off on account of the industrial uh, segment right. uh, because it was expected that industry will uh, do better as compared to what it did in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, we spoke about that in the previous uh, in the uh, editions of uh, Macro Sutra when the GDP numbers of the first quarter came out and that time we discussed that manufacturing sector continues to be a cause of concern. Yes. Uh, at that time manufacturing sector had registered a growth of 4.7% and all the segments of industry had registered a slower growth in the first quarter. But now what we saw in the uh, second quarter, if we look at industry as a whole, it registered a growth of more than 13%. Right. Manufacturing, which is the most dominant part of the industrial uh, segment, uh, registered a growth of 13.9%. So these are all and these are all in constant prices. These are not yes. uh, current prices. So this is uh, excluding the impact of inflation. We are getting a double digit growth in manufacturing. Right. 
We also got a double digit growth in uh, uh, construction, also mm -hmm. again 13%. So all the major segments of industry uh, reported a remarkable turnaround in the second quarter of uh, this financial year. Now, some part of it was expected because uh, we can always make these estimations based on high frequency indicators, right, of uh, one of which is the IIP, Index of Industrial Production, which is the volume based uh, uh, production indicator. Mm -hmm. And it did improve in the second quarter as compared to the first quarter. IIP for the July-September quarter was 7.4%, so which is a decent number yes. as compared to 4.8% in the uh, April to June quarter. So IIP was doing good, but for manufacturing, the most important thing was that there has been an easing of commodity prices right. as compared to the September quarter of last year. If we remember September of 2022, oil prices were uh, very high, commodity prices were high. So if you're uh, all these commodity prices are high, that means the input cost pressures lead to a decline in profitability. Yes. But that was not the case in this quarter because uh, as compared to the highs of uh, September 2022, we saw that all uh, commodity prices have registered a moderation. If we see crude oil prices, they have declined. If we see metals and metal price index, so that's an indicator of overall metal prices, mm -hmm. which is an important uh, input for uh, various manufacturing industries. Uh, there also we have seen a moderation food prices, vegetable oils, we have seen a moderation. Right. So all these things have led to a decline in the input cost pressures leading to improved profitability so so that's for manufacturing yeah but the construction sector it did well last quarter as, as well. well yes i mean the 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 q2 of last year yes and then on this time it did even better even better and that is that is that could be attributed to the government's capex push right because if we look at the construction related indicators we look at steel consumption it has been growing at a robust pace cement for many well? quarters cement production has been you know there's a, a seasonality in I cement see. production okay. but overall here also if we see cement production we do see an uptick uh, overall if mm. we see on a cumulative basis. We do see imp implications of the government's capex push on construction which is a very uh, positive feature of this overall GDP number because construction is the second largest employer right. uh, in the economy and if construction does well it bodes well for the employment situation in the country. So manufacturing did well, construction did well Surprisingly, mining did well because this time July to September, we saw erratic rainfall. Mm -hmm. So the factor which led to a, a slowdown in agriculture actually contributed to increase in mining in mine. because there were less of uh, disruption in mining activities because rainfall uh, were erratic. There were scarce as compared to what was expected in this quarter. So that was the reason. Electricity did well because of heat. There was a surge in demand for electricity uh, in uh, July, August, which are normally the months where electricity demand slows down. Right. So all these factors contributed to improvement in uh, industry. Although there was a there is a base effect, yes, because uh, September 2022 uh, industrial sector contracted. But despite that, we do see an improvement in industrial sector based on the high frequency indicators. You know, so we look yeah. at the firm level database. We try to replicate the gross value addition for manufacturing sector using the firm database. We also get such encouraging numbers. So it is primarily due to the improved profitability that has given a boost to the gross 
cost value addition in the manufacturing sector. Okay, so we've talked about the various sectors that have done well. Correct. You also touched upon the fact that agriculture didn't do as well yes. as expected. Was yes. this surprising or was it expected? Again, it was expected. The, and there were these projections that, you know, agriculture will slow down to somewhere between one and one and a half percent. And mm -hmm. uh, what we uh, did get in the growth numbers were also on expected lines. So agriculture growth slowed down due to, again, the erratic rainfall, the right. impact of El Nino, which impacted the sowing of uh, Kharif. Uh, that was one of the main uh, factors. And also one of the critical thing that here we look at is the uh, arrivals of key crops in Mondays. In Mondays uh, right. So, uh, if people are not hoarding and if they are bringing their entire produce to the market, that is a very good indicator of the uh, production that has mm. happened. And that shows that, you know, the leaving aside for uh, rice, we saw that for some of the major crops, the uh, Monday arrivals have actually slowed down in the July-September quarter of this year as I compared see. to July-September quarter of last year. So, this is one thing and even going forward, the outlook remains uh, uncertain because even for Rabi, the sowing uh, is going out at a slow pace as compared to uh, last year because there is uh, less of moisture in soil. Mm. Uh, there is less of uh, irrigation uh, water. Also, the first advance estimates that were released by Ministry of Agriculture shows that, you know, Kharif uh, production will be lesser. It might get revised these numbers because these are first advanced estimates. But if we look at rice production, it is expected to decline by 3.79% oh. in 23-24. So these are the things that do not bode well for the rural economy. They do not bode well for food inflation. So overall, we did not, we saw that agriculture sector actually declined to an 18 quarter low because agriculture has been uh, putting up well even during COVID time. We Absolutely. Four, it was the bright spot. Yes. So, and now we see that uh, it's it's fallen to an 18 quarter low. Ouch. And now uh, coming to the components of GDP. Right. So, what does the data show about private uh, consumption? It's yes. an important part of yes. GDP. It is one of the engines of the economy. Right. So, what does the data show? So, here we saw a bit of a surprise because uh, it was expected that consumption could do better because at least the urban indicators of uh, consumption were doing well. So, if right. we look at GST collections, we look at passenger vehicle sales, we look at uh, air traffic, all these indicators of urban demand have been doing well. But uh, uh, what we saw in the data was that the private consumption, which is an important almost 60%, though the share of uh, private consumption in GDP has gone down mm -hmm. to now 56.3% in the uh, uh, this second quarter. So, consumption has slowed down from 6% in the last quarter, that is April to June, to 3.1% in the July-September quarter. Okay. And one of the major reasons for this is the sluggishness in the uh, rural demand. Also, if we look at July-September, this was a period when inflation was high. It was above the 6% yes. upper threshold. Uh, we remember July was ex uh, exceptionally bad from inflation perspective because inflation was 7.44%. Also, if we look at inflation, rural inflation has always surpassed urban inflation. Okay. Rural inflation was a bigger problem. So that is what is uh, getting reflected in the consumption uh, numbers that it may be due to, you know, you can link the agriculture performance and rural economy and hence private consumption. So, uh, you know, look at the rural demand indicators like tractor sales. We look at the demand for work under uh, 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 Mandrega. 
all the demand for work has remained elevated in july september quarter even more than the july september quarter of last of year, last year right. so that is that shows that there is a demand for work they are not getting work there is distressed employment in the rural economy uh, and that is what is reflected in even things like you know fmcg uh, sales in the rural sector they did not do uh, well so uh, now it is expected in the october december quarter because inflation has moderated and also the festive season uh, this time came in the october december quarter right. so we might see some improvement in uh, consumption but talking about july september quarter yes consumption is a cause of concern right and you you mentioned uh, narega and there were some news reports i remember seeing where uh, the government has sanctioned an yes. emergency 10000 crores yes, yes. before the parliament session and before they can vote on yes and in fact that is also not sufficient because right. the uh, the estimates are that the the fund that are required are more than 1 lakh crore so even uh, so in the budget it was uh, sanctioned 60000 crore 10000 crore more so there is a problem there the government might come in uh, uh, sanctioning more amount so that is a very important uh, indicator which shows distress in the rural economy absolutely and now the other part uh, the other components of gdp the other important one is capital formation correct and so how has that been how has that grown yeah so that has done well so if we look at uh, gross fixed capital formation mm -hmm. uh, it saw a growth of 11% so which is uh, quite encouraging and again if we look at the high frequency indicators we can see that it's again mainly driven by government investments right. uh, both center and states we've talked about state finances also and we've seen that even states have prioritized their capex so uh, for the uh, you know for the Uh, July September quarter the central government capex rose by more than 26% state government capex rose by even higher by more than 40% so wow. there is a, a front loading of capital expenditure happening heavy lifting on capital expenditure is being done by both union and uh, state government so but what needs to be seen what happens in the second half it may whether it's going to moderate or whether it maintains its current momentum that will determine the trajectory of growth in the second quarter considering that consumption has slowed down so investment will have to do the heavy lifting even even in the uh, second half but it needs to be seen whether we see right that. and especially because the second half leads up to the election, election and so yes, whether yeah. they will continue prioritizing absolutely, capital absolutely, expenditure yes so absolutely right. given that the kind of uh, the increase in uh, subsidies that we have seen the uh, state governments have also stepped up their revenue expenditures so uh, that could see some implication for capital expenditure but the, the data will tell us that that actually leads us quite neatly into uh, an a question from the audience which is that do you think the government has switched priorities away from development to freebie politics like upa2 did so till now that has not been the case because if we again see the talking first about the union government so right. if we talk about the union government the capital expenditure has uh, increased and it's now increased to 3.5% of gdp mm -hmm. so till now capital expenditure uh, remains the priority and uh, uh, as i mentioned 26% increase in central government uh, uh, capital expenditure we have seen but if we look at state governments yes we are seeing a lot of uh, 
freebies we are seeing a lot of uh, you know there has been an increase in uh, minimum support prices that are being offered to uh, farmers the uh, increase in the subsidies on cooking gas that is happening and that is happening both uh, by both the uh, dominant parties as well as the regional parties right. at the central level we don't see that uh, uh, mix changing uh, you know unfavorably towards uh, uh, revenue expenditure it still continues to be driven by capital uh, expenditure uh, if you look at the union government finances but state governments yes that is a challenge and we need to see what happens in the uh, second half of the data we will see what happens to the uh, finances of the state government but as of now these are promises we need to see how it gets reflected in the data right and now sankalp links the uh, the data that we have on the industrial sector the the fact that there's been so much growth to the fact that unemployment still remains high so he asks he says that recent election surveys show that unemployment remains high on voters minds even in states where there's relatively low unemployment it appears that there are jobs but there seems to be a mismatch in the ambitions of the youth mm -hmm. and what jobs there are on offer uh, so what more can be done at the policy level to enable reskilling yeah so uh, one thing is that you know there is a plethora of data available on employment and uh, employment data uh, remains a concern if we look at and we get conflicting uh, statements or conflicting assessments about the employment situation right. so if we look at the official data the periodic labor force survey data we have seen that the, the unemployment rate has come down mm -hmm. both for the rural sector and for urban sector in the uh, for 2022 23 so uh, unemployment rate has come down what is also important is that you know the share of regular salaried workers has actually come down and the share of self employment yes. has increased so what sankalp is talking about of the change in uh, mindset that there is a mismatch everybody wants uh, central government jobs or government jobs and uh, there are limited in number so that is something that is uh, causing this uh, mismatch and what it requires is uh, uh, skilling obviously right. and it also requires a relook at the you know the, the education policy the course curricula that we are advocating whether it is actually instilling skill or not so these things need to be uh, seen in conjunction employment is not just a you know the very isolated problem there are a lot course. of uh, things that need to be seen in conjunction we need to see what's happening to poverty we need to see what's happening to per capita income to inflation a lot of things need to be seen in conjunction but yes skilling needs to continue and uh, the mindset also needs to change and uh, that is happening a lot of people are moving towards self employment they are moving towards entrepreneurial uh, skills so those kind of schemes need to uh, have a greater focus in the budget which promotes entrepreneurship which promotes uh, advancement of formal credit for employment and skill generation there you go the gdp data actually has come as a pleasant surprise the number is quite a lot higher than what the rbi had predicted in just as recently as in october the rbi had said 6.5% the number has come at 7.6% even though a lot of uh, high frequency indicators showed that there would be a surprise on the upside this much was not expected manufacturing mining uh, electricity a lot of industrial sectors have done quite well and that's construction has been a very very pleasant surprise 
the push by the government on building infrastructure seems to really be paying off. On the downside, the erratic rains have meant that the agriculture sector has not grown as strongly as it had during the COVID period, where it was the agriculture uh, sector that was the bright spot. But now it's kind of slowed down and it's not likely to pick up because the outlook on the monsoon and the sowing area and everything seems to be lower. But the other worrying thing also is that private sector or private consumption, that's household consumption, has come in lower. The growth has been lower. This can directly be linked to the fact that rural demand has been lower because the agricultural growth has not been great. So there are a lot of bright spots in the economy, but also some signs of concern. But on that note, thank you so much for watching.